Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all of our viewers and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to my guest. Once again, three times reading, Brother Professor Bashir Ahmad Shah. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Nice to be Pardon back. Me, <laughs> How are you doing? Doing doing all right. Uh, just hanging out, 4th of July. Uh, so hearing a lot of explosions. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're, we're doing our own fireworks online tonight. <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> so what's it called? So you can see Brother Bashir tonight. He's got his uh, Chicago Cubs hat on. Chicago! With, you know, complimenting the red with the red. Um yep. So we're going to start off Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan ar-Rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Ma kana Muhammadun aba ahadim min rajalikum wa dhakir rasulullahi wa khatamin nabiyyin wa kana Allahu bi kulli shayin alima. And the translation of this ayah is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not the father of any of your men but is the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the seal of the prophets. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has perfect knowledge of all things. So... This has been something obviously we've been discussing for the past few weeks. Um, this is something we've been talking about for some time now. Um, you know, Alhamdulillah, uh, Brother Bashir has given me a lot of his time. I've appreciated him for that. And because of his advocacy on my channel, which is a very small channel compared to his and many other channels, a lot of people have actually reached out to me and told me really weird stories about Ahmadis reaching out to them and trying to convert them, uh, converting people through marriage things like this and how you know people were approached and they were told a certain version of Ahmadiyya which which sounded very close to Islam and they were given you know certain I guess you can call them like benefits or beneficial ideas like oh if you join Ahmadiyya this is what you get and they they I don't know if they came close to it but they at least contemplated it due to what they were told and when I told them that you know this is not what it actually is um they were like yeah you know after some time we figured it out but we still didn't know to the extent of what Brother Bashir is telling us this knowledge, and people have actually been watching and listening to the podcast to learn about all of this. And, and you know, alhamdulillah, due to his efforts on his Ahmadiyya Fact Check blog, due to his efforts on his channel, a lot of people are learning. I've watched a few other videos of other Ahmadis who converted to mainstream Islam. And then, obviously, there was one video which you shared, I think, on TikTok, where uh, Mirza, what's the guy's name, right? Masroor? Chacha Ji is sitting there and asking people like, um, so how did you convert? And says, basically, it's the same story. Why? He says, why? <laughs> yeah, why? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I had some friends and I met a girl. Well, no, I had some friends and, you know, they talked me into it and I became Ahmadi because they were all Ahmadi. He's like, oh, okay, so how did you, you know, what, what is your story? And then they're like, oh, well, you know, my wife was one of my friends and, you know, she sort of convinced me and, you know, this and that. But that isn't the first time I've heard that. There was one guy I was talking to recently, and he was telling me about how he was working somewhere in an IT company. And one of the guys there spoke with him for some time, and then he invited him over for dinner one day. And he told him, oh, you should come over. I have some daughters. They're young. You know, I need to get them married. They're very pretty, stuff like that. He invites him over. They have dinner. He introduces them to the daughters. And, you know, he's like, they're pretty. And then he's like, he's like, you know, at the end of everything, after Mita, you know, mita, 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 mita. Mumitakaro, yeah. So after Mumitakaro, he's like, he's like, you know, we're, we're actually Qadiani. He's like, I never spoke with that guy ever again. He's like, it was like a whole scheme all the way up until dinner. After dinner, we had mita, chai, everything. And then he's like, oh, I'm Qadiani. And he's like, after that, it was like, okay, bye. He's like, I'm not seeing you again. So so it's, it's not the first time I've heard this. Uh, there was another story where somebody reached out to me and they told me, the girl even got married, and then the girl's family found out the girl was Palestinian. They found out that the guy was actually Ahmadi. They didn't. They didn't figure anything out at first, but obviously they played the they played the part right. And the yeah. sister was messaging 
her sister who got married and asking her, hey, you mess married this Ahmadi guy. What is their, you know, fake? What is their religion? And she's messaging and she's getting replies. And she's like, I've been feeling like it's not my sister. And finally, my sister said, oh, I haven't been getting these messages. So he had been replying and then deleting the messages so the sister won't see them. The, his wife. Yeah. So it's it's not the first time any of this has happened. Um, and, and the essential crux, I don't mean to take up the whole time, but inshallah, brother, but she is going to be doing the majority of the talking. Um, but the essential crux comes up uh, is that the khatm nubuwat, that there is no prophet to come after the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, if there was, if there was, Hazrat Abu Bakr would have said something. Hazrat Umar would have said something. Hazrat uh, Uthman would have said something. Hazrat Ali would have said something. The, the four four of the most closest men out of many didn't know about this. The Prophet himself didn't know about this. You know, he would have prophesied somewhere that, oh yeah, there's going to be another guy who comes out. He never said that. He even said that if there was another Nabi to come after me, it would have been, you know, Hazrat Umar radiallahu Or he said he had a son by the name of Ibrahim. He said, oh, he would have been. But Ibrahim died in childhood. Or you know, or you know, sometime after he was born, and he said, you know, he said these things. So we know that the Prophet ﷺ never gave any indication. He never told us anything about this. And then all of a sudden, we have a guy who comes, you know, 13, 1200, 1300 years later, and uh, you know, under British influence, under very mysterious circumstances, comes up with a very mysterious and very different version of you know, Islam. You know, his own version of Islam. And, uh, you know, it, it, and it's all of the stuff. And it's a very, very, you know, no offense to my Punjabi bradri, But it's a very Punjabi heavy version of Islam where you can see the influence. And I know people will be like, well, you know, Islam has Arabic. Inf-. Yes, it does. It comes from the Middle East. Islam originated Mecca, Medina, places like this is where, you know, all of the Quran was revealed and all of the influence and stuff like that. But this, this religion has a very Pakistani spin on it. And if it's a extension of islam it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't and it's a very you know very localized religion but at the same time it's not where they have uh, all of these things where they try to incorporate baha'i and uh, you know guru nanak and hinduism and all of this stuff and then i was reading something today and you know i was talking with one of my friends who's who's actually helped me a lot he was the one who got me in touch with you he's helped me a lot with the questioning um, I really want to appreciate it, but I'm not going to take his name. He, he asked me not to, but he's helped me a lot. And he's, you know, he's really invested in the cause of, you know, stamping out any sort of confusion. So he, you know, I really want to thank him for all the efforts he's put in. Even with the questioning today, he gave me a good bit of his time. So the thing about it is um, we we are very, the reason Brother Bashir, especially coming from Ahmadi background, is very adamant that there should be advocacy for this is because he's been through this. He's seen all of this. And what we're talking about today, the Jalsa Salana, their annual gathering, which started in, I think, 1891 or 1892, something like that. It was 1891, um, yeah. 1891. First year. Um, the, the, first, the first one, they had 75 people come, and there's stories which we're going to go over. And the reason we're going over to this, this today, and we're sort of, you know, culminating or ending up, you know, this, this sort of topic. And inshallah, I'm going to cover a few more topics, but I'm going to have Brother Bashir on, and we're going to have a few more discussions from time to time. I don't want to stop having discussions with them because they're, they're actually fun. Um, the first one I was a little bit, you know, stoic or I wasn't that, you know, excited was because I was like, I was like, let me get to know the guy before I start going Assad. Um, but, but, 
But really, Alhamdulillah, it's been a good relationship. We've been messaging a lot. I've been learning a lot from him. The amount I've learned from him, I really thank him. Um, because there's a lot of details that we just wouldn't know. We just wouldn't, unless, of course, we find out. Um, and there's like, basically, Ahmadi, Ahmadiyat is one of those sort of offshoot fates where unless, of course, you don't meet somebody, they're very secretive and they won't really tell you the real details. Like, like he's told us, from the outside, they tell you it's Islam. My grandmother, we used to have a neighbor in Karachi, in Malir. Behind our house, there were Ahmadis. A whole gully. They had the Jamaat Khana temple down, further down, and they used to watch the TV. They had a little squash court in there too. Um, so she she used to invite my grandmother over, and my grandmother would go when she's sick or something, and neighbors. So she would go, and she would show her the Quran. And you know, she would try to convert her, and my grandmother's a very, very strong individual in her faith. Like, there was no chance that that woman was ever going to convert my grandmother. No chance in heck. Right. Um, so my grandmother would go over. She's like, no, at the end of the day, you're not Muslim. <laughs> that must be the end of the conversation. Uh, my nani. So what's it called? Um, so Brother Bashir, a few weeks ago, we had something called Jalsai Salana. What is Jalsai Salana? Please let us know. Yeah, it's a it's an annual convention that Mirza Ghulam Ahmed himself uh, instituted it's their zili hajj to them it's more important you know on the low low it's more important than hajj but okay. on the surface they won't tell you that but really in the circles you know they it's 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 more important to go to Qadian back then um <clears throat> than it was to go for hajj so so that's how they all saw and this it. is when they could go for hajj openly when they could go yeah they they can even go now from from america as long as you know they're being a monopic because they're not a Muslim, but they're pretending yeah. anyone can go from from London, say the Shahada, I think, and they'll let you in. Um, yeah, there isn't really a verification process now from Pakistan and the <laughs> religion written on their passport. Yeah, so from Pakistan it's probably not going to happen, uh, but they do. The Pakistani government has allowed every Jalsa in, in Qadian, a train goes from Lahore. Rabba, you mean? From no, Africa. you no, you're saying they come from Qadian, India? No, uh, uh, after the partition, uh -huh. the Jalsas that were in Qadian, okay. the Pakistani government, with, in, in, in concert with the Indian government, would secure a thousand visas for, really? for Amadis. And no Pakistani can go to India. Forget it. You're not getting a visa, bro. It better be, I mean, who knows? But Amadis, Qadiani Amadis, were allowed to go on a train, one single train, that would go probably from Lahore to Qadian, and then on the last day bring them all back. It was like a one way just to make sure they don't go anywhere else. Um, <laughs> they don't so, get lost. Yes, yeah, so they don't get lost. So, so, so they say the Pakistani government is persecuting them. They've been allowing you to go to this Zili Hajj um, forever since 19 the 50s, right? So it's that important. Um, I live on the west coast of uh, of America, and we had a regional Jalsa that me and my family would go to every year in Los Angeles. Sometimes in Los Angeles, sometimes in the Bay Area, mostly in Los Angeles. One year, my brother went on a credit card and he took me with him. Um, and it was 1998. And instead of going to work, he could have cleaned the shop. There's 10,000 things he could have did. Instead, he got a credit card and you uh, ran up a credit card to go to the Jelsa because you have to keep up uh, with the Joneses. You see what I mean? There, there ends up being a competition 
in, in, in as who are you in the Ahmadiyya ranks, which I, I never did that. And at the Islamic Center, there really is none of that. No one really cares. You come to the masjid to pray. <laughs> That's like the number one reason. There's no jockeying for position. So uh, when, when, when they go to this jalsa, so in Los Angeles, the boys would be out all night drinking and partying, doing drugs. The girls, too. So there's a lot of that going on. So that so then people meet, and a lot of the um, you, you know, so it, it's that sort of situation. <laughs> I mean, there's such few Qadianis. Either you got to convert somebody to marry them, or you got to find somebody. No, and, and everyone's related. All Qadiani Amnis are related to each other at this point. And we used to make fun of that uh, that fact, like in the in the 90s. Everyone's related to each other one way or the other. You got a third cousin or a fourth cousin because they've been trying to marry in. That's what they did in Pakistan. But obviously, the the marrying outside is still the biggest thing uh, going on. In fact, in pa in Palestine, um, some of some of the courts in Palestine uh, had to, to uh, a, a Muslim was married to a Qadiani woman, and they had to nullify the marriage. So so that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going on. But these Josas, they spend a lot of money. It's their number one marketing event. It's their number one Dawa effort. And mm -hmm. they make Amdis pay for it. As you saw, I sent you the balance is there, sheet. Is there an entrance fee? No. Totally free. So Salam is free. Okay. It's free. So, but they see, they do it the opposite way. Everyone else, you want to go to a care banquet, bro, you got to pay. You yeah. want to go. And that's how we raise the money. That's like yeah. the right way. You're paying for dinner. You're paying for this, brother. You're, you're, you're paying. They say no. Everything at the masjid will be free, but you got to get disrespected. And, and, and we're going to talk to you however, however we want. And you got to make your monthly payment. Once you make your monthly payment, there's a separate jalsa, jalsa salana. Um, if you pay that, they'll pay you to go to a jalsa. They'll give mm -hmm. you half the money because they're so desperate because it's not that many people there. So they're paying a subsidy, which could be up to half from the West Coast. Uh, to go to the national jalsa or so, or, so yeah. who can come to a jalsa? Everybody or there's select people that come to jalsas? How does this work? Yeah, you got to be a member or someone's got to invite you. Uh, my dad used to bring people to the jalsa. I remember in the same year was it the same year? Maybe it was '97 or like '99. My dad ha would get a whole bunch of people, put them in a van, take them to LA, uh, hold them hostage. I remember this one guy was mad he couldn't leave. He was like, "What do you mean he can't leave?" He's like, well, well, how are you going to get back to the Bay Area? You're with us. Our car doesn't leave until Sunday. <laughs> Take a Greyhound. So, or, or, but then he would have to pay. So yeah. um, my dad was paying for it all for free. He was paying gas and, and, and all of that. And uh, at the Jelsas in L.A., if you had money, cool, you could get a hotel. If not, an Amity family would host you. Um, hmm. so that's how it works. And at, at, if you saw on the balance sheet for Canada, they spent a million dollars in 2019 on this Jelsa. Um, and that comes from 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 uh, from children. You know, they take money from little kids, seven, eight years old. They used to come up to me when I was 12. I'd be like, I don't make any money. You know, well, why, well how could I give you if I don't have any? You know, um, oh my God. so 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 that's in essence their the their uh, annual marketing event in Pakistan. They're not allowed to hold them anymore since 84. I think 83 was the final Jalsa in Pakistan. Oh. Um, do they still go to do they still go to other countries to attend it then? Oh yeah. So so the Jalsa and Qadian, they have their guy from Israel, uh the the president of the Amnia community in Israel, they have him go to that. If they have one in Nigeria, they'll have him go to that. They'll pay his whole fare. They'll have him, hey, there's a UK Jalsa, 
let's go get the most famous African Amities and, and have them come take a picture. You know what I mean? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they're big on marketing, brother. In fact, if you look up the history of Amadea in Australia, there was a Muslim who they turned into an honorary missionary, again, who, who, who thought MGA was just a Mahdi or, or, or like the smallest definition of the word, just like yeah. a reviver. Yeah. And they, and they supported him and, and et cetera, not knowing what the, what, what is full, the full range of beliefs are which are totally off the chart, you know, forget Islam, they're far away. So how many, how many jalsas do they have? Like, do they have one, like in every like major country where they have like a presence of more than like 500 people or something? Oh yeah. In every country. So in, and in America, it's so big. There's a West coast jalsa too, a regional. Okay. And I think okay. in the, in the South and in, in Texas, they might have like a regional one too. Um, I see. That's, that's interesting. But like, but like, how many people like this one, this annual one? How many people usually attend? I know this year, maybe they were saying because it's first post COVID, there weren't that many people there. But generally, at a Jalsa Salana, how many people would be there? So it depends on the country. In Germany, there's a lot of AMDs. I think there's over ten thousand. So Germany could get maybe five thousand males. Um, mostly the immigrants will show up. The young kids, they're they're not going for it. Uh, the immigrants who are there on asylum, they're going to be in there in the front row. Because remember, their asylum case doesn't get approved until the Amadea movement signs the paperwork saying that they paid Chanda, that mm. they attended all the events. You got to prove that you are an Amadea when, when, when you're an asylum person. So they're at all the events. And the new guys, like, so you saw the video where the guy said, yeah, I've met some friends and now I'm married to one. <laughs> another one, this guy named Vu. He's a Vietnamese guy. I posted another one from the same YouTube video. He said, oh, my girl, I, I, and I'm doing this to appease my girlfriend's family. You know what I mean? So <laughs> there's even, you know, and so so here's what they do. Uh, they don't let you marry an Amity girl just like that. You got to wait a year. Really? You know, in Islam, there's no way. You got to wait. She might, if she was divorced, you know, maybe she's pregnant. You got to wait like. Uh, Until the kid's born in that case. Right. Or four months if, she, if she's not pregnant. I think it's. Yeah. If she's like not pregnant, then four months, 10 days. Amelia movement, you got to wait a year. You got to pay chanda for one year. You got to be gotta, a real member, bro. So you got to be gotta, a real member. They got no to make sure they get their money worth out of you. <laughs> so that's what they do. And then the Jalsa is where they showcase the 10 converts they got in 10 years. And it's like, well, they all, and they all married Amity women. So it's not the Amity men who, who get Muslim women and force the Muslim women to convert. It's the yeah. opposite, <laughs> right? Because the Muslim women, Muslim women might not go for it. But yeah. And, and no, it out. I mean, I mean, that's that's. It's always been known that men, men are easier as I guess targets because you know men get easily melted, get easily manipulated, um, not as clever. <laughs> yeah. Call it. We're not trying to insult anybody. It's just saying it the way it is. That's the way it is, man. They're in charge until you get married, and then yeah. you know, the decision. Then after a few years, it could flip. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, so like you know, some of the things that we were discussing, myself and the brother. Um, so what actually happens? Like over the course of a weekend, this is three to four days long, depending on when they do it. You know what actually happens at at a Jalsa Salana. I know there's speeches, and you know, this year obviously I saw a lot of discussion boards. The speeches really weren't about spirituality, they were mostly about 
defending the faith because of what's happened. But we'll get into that afterwards. But for the most part, what what really happens at one of these jalsas? Like over the course of a weekend, what do they really do? Yeah, so uh, it, it always starts on a Friday. It always starts okay. uh, Friday afternoon, uh, right after Juma is the first session. In in they, they, they'll have some politicians show up, um, and then they'll have a session where they want to bash Amleys too. So everything they've done wrong. And so in this last uh, uh, Jelsa, Amdis have been asking questions. They know they've been asking questions. There's that Reddit forum that that drives these guys crazy. The Islam Amadiya Reddit forum ran by I think he's an atheist, Sahel Ahmed. He's on he's on Twitter um, at Reason on Faith. He's banned me like ten times, uh, uh, famously, uh, <laughs> just because I'm like a Muslim. But I'm a, I don't even try to convert anyone. But but um. So yeah, uh, so they talked about the Reddit forum and Amdis who are faking it, because the majority of them are faking it. You see what I mean? They're only there for the cultural. It's like a Punjabi country club. So if you're if you're Punjabi, there's some connections, you know. Um, uh, so they attacked him. And in fact, he called uh, monophics as rats, and he said, if you have a dead rat in your house, throw it out. So he was uh, um, under his breath telling Amadis if their kids don't believe it, throw them out. And that's exactly how they believe. And, you know, that's how my dad was trying to deal with me. You see what I mean? Or to sabotage my future. Whether they throw you out or sabotage your future, it's one or the other. But they're not trying to help you uh, get any kind of money at all to eat and to, to survive. You know what I mean? They're, they're trying to make sure you never succeed. So... That's the story, brother. <laughs> um, so, so can anybody go, or is there like you know? You said something about um, you have to be invited. So, like, if if somebody like you know, for example, brother Muhammad, he's he's a purely Sunni guy, and he's just interested. He wants to go see it. Can he just go register and go in, or no? I've never heard of that. I've never okay. heard of that. So, I mean, maybe if he walks up and they escort him around and watch him. And, no. and obviously, I sent you a picture where it says you have to have your name tag on at all times. At all, I and I never wore it. I, I never even registered, so I'd go to the Chelsea in LA. So, brother, um, um, only uh, Allah guides, and I just couldn't do this stuff these guys wanted us to do. And come to find out, they're worshiping a man. See, he's know? always been a troublemaker. I knew it. Always, always. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not gonna register. You think I'm gonna register? What? And I, I didn't volunteer. I was like, oh, I'm not going to volunteer. When I was a kid, you guys worked me to death. And So, and so, so you didn't serve food in the Langar Khana? Not after the bad man. <laughs> Maybe before that, here, um, here or there. But, um, and, you know, th and that's why, look, my brother hated me for this. They hated me because I would refuse. I'd be like, look, I work seven days a week. You know what I mean? I'm here. I'm trying to sit down. And enjoy the, you know, enjoy the two minutes that I have free. You know, as soon as I leave here, I got to work every day. You, you see what I mean? I'd be like, go ask the kids that don't have to work to, to, <laughs> to, to, to cut the grass. Why are you asking me? I work every day, man. You know, so oh. I, they always had a problem with, with me. And I, I was like, hey, we want to throw around the football. I'll do that. You want to play basketball? I'll do that. But uh, this other stuff. I don't think so, man. I don't, I don't know if you saw my Google Drive sheet. Um, did you see it? You didn't get access no, to it. I, I so the question actually said, um, 
<laughs> What's the question? Let me read it out. Um, can anyone attend, or do you have to be a kafir to attend? <laughs> a kafir or a high-level monastic? <laughs> because because they had they had what's it called? A lot of politicians there, and uh, you know. So I was like, I was like, okay, well, they invite politicians. Obviously, it seems like it. I mean, they could, they could, they should. Maybe they should invite one or two Sunni scholars. Get a Bro, different they, viewpoint. They had the uh, uh, the director of USERF, uh, which is a uh, uh, on religious freedom, universal religious freedom. That they had the ambassador of which it's 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 total hogwash, brother. There's no such thing. Um, but that but that person was there. Um, so they're over there, brown nosing her, you know. Uh, um, but and and I sent them an email. You surf. I'm like, why would you guys support the Amity movement? You've been tricked. So look, it's not just the common Muslim who's who yeah. they're looking to trick. They're looking to to, to brown nose and trick governments. You know, in India, uh, they're brown nosing the government, looking to get something out of it. In fact, the British government gave them like a hundred acres in East Africa. Uh, to to build a temple, um, they built the biggest uh, building in Kadian for them. That train station, the British government built for free, just for them. So uh, they're working all the ang- all the business angles, brother. Um, yeah. And they have guys sitting around getting paid to do this. So so they have a website. Um, it's called uh, Love for All, Hatred for None, and I'm showing the website right here. And uh, on this website, there you can see here Peterborough's Amadea community marks Queen's Platinum Jubilee. You know, Peterborough's Amadea community joins in the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebration. And you know, as you're saying, brown nosing. You know, they have a they have a big sign outside. Um, Congratulations, Your Majesty! They have the nice flags. Muslimsforpeace.org.uk, Amadea Muslim Community UK, and they have all their little kids and. Everybody's standing right here with their maybe cha and biskut and stuff like that. And, you know, just basically this is their UK website, I think. And I just I just found it. I was talking with the brother. I was telling him, I was like, hey, you want to hear one of their website names? He's like, what is it? I was like, love for all, hatred for none. He's like, how cliche. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, th- uh, the brother of Sadat Anwar actually yeah. did a video on this motto. Um, really? Well, first off, it was created in 1980. Okay. And... They were brown nosing the Spanish government in Spain to be allowed to build a temple. I see. So, were so they allowed? They were like, hey, here's our slogan. We love everyone. Love for all, hatred for none. So the Spanish government allowed them to build a temple. I've actually been to it because because I was in Spain in in uh, 2001 and 2003. I went to the temple and you know uh, uh, prayed what, what what I thought was prayers um, in their temple t- like twice. So nice. Um, <laughs> Uh, but so they invented it in, in 1980, brother uh, um, Sadat Anwar. If you haven't seen his videos, amazing brother, uh, um, out of Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the brother he sent me his videos. He did a he did a debate with the Ahmadis in Canada. Yep, with uh, Ansar Raza, and he did he made another video recently, like two months ago, on oh, okay. on on this slogan, "Love for all." And he proved he says Allah doesn't love everyone. Allah says like there's like ten instances. Allah says he doesn't love the the one who has ego. Allah doesn't love the one who's arrogant, and yeah. I, I I typed it all up. I, there's other instances; those are just off the top of my head. Okay, so, so, um, so I have a question though. These are their prayer times right here. Prayer times. This is Fajr 4 a.m. Okay, that's fine. Zohar is at two. Asr is at five fifteen. 
they say they're Hanafi, but that's you know, oh, they're in England. That works. Um, it says Maghrib. Well, no, actually, that that time is too early for being Hanafi. If they say that's what they are, not that it's relevant, but yeah. they stick to that very hard that they're Hanafi. But it says Maghrib at twenty one fifteen, which is uh, nine fifteen, right? Yeah. And it says Isha at twenty one fifteen. Yeah, because they combine prayers a lot. <laughs> but for them, it's like, normal. Like, and here's the reason. Like, you know, why? Because <laughs> Mirza Glamama did it. And okay. that's, as you know, that's not right. You're not supposed to combine prayers just because, uh, I mean, if you got to travel on a camel <laughs> 20 miles, you know what I mean? Like, you got yeah. I mean, like, like you're, just, you're just there. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing going on. <laughs> and oh, we'll just combine it. <laughs> And, and that's one of the things which it goes back to. And, and I know this is the deeper point, which maybe not a lot of people will get, but they're always like, we're, you know, we're there vehemently and adamantly Hanafi. And then Hanafis combining prayers, even when you're traveling, is like, you know, if you can avoid it, avoid it. So they're they're combining prayers at Jalsa Salana, they're combining prayers here, they're combining prayers everywhere. And they're just, you know, to get it out of the way. Um and, and then you're like, you're like, okay, you guys are there. You're in England. What? Why are you combining the prayers? So you know that was just one instance. I'm just wondering. And you know, obviously, this was their website, one of the websites. Okay, so there was something I wanted to go over with you. Um, let's see here. Let me share the other tab. Uh yes. This is uh. This is uh, from their website, Al Islam. Jalsa Salana history. Milk, biscuits, and a long walk. <laughs> so uh, they have this uh, one of the peer subs, Hazrat Malvi Abdullah Sanuri. You ever heard of him before? Yeah, he he was uh, Mirza Glam Ahmed's toilet attendant, if that makes any sense. No, it doesn't. What the him, hell does that mean? In the private area. <laughs> and that's weird. Bro, he had like three, four of those. And I'm like, okay, what? Okay, maybe rich people in the 1800s had toilet attendants. I wouldn't. I mean, unless I'm disabled, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't understand this. But he even uh, found a bunch of red drops on Mr. Glomman's legs, and they claimed it came from heaven. So it's like the whole story's like, what? Ew. <laughs> so, so, Molly is saying uh, MGA. Um, I, I've read Promise Messiah way too many times. Uh, for me to even say it with a straight face, um, was laying down in Beit al-Fikr, a small room situated beside Masjid Mubarak, and I was massaging him. Um, Lala Sharampat um, knocked on the door. I was about to stand and open the door, but MGA instantly and very quickly stood up and unlocked the chain before I could. He then sat down and said, you are our guest, and the Holy Prophet has said that the guest should be respected. Um, so, So this is a good story. Um, I enjoyed this one. Uh, so this guy comes to visit him. And uh, so Mirza Ghulam Ahmed comes out and he offers him a jug of milk. And he offered him some, some cookies. And he kept giving him milk over and over again. It's about yeah. to travel. Poor guy probably going to have to pee 20 times. Yeah, um, and, and and remember, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, he used to eat biscuits from England that yeah. were made in pig fat. Yeah, yeah, so, you told us that. Are those are, are these those same biscuits? <laughs> Possibly. So so there was a special barakah in this. Um, so he kept giving him milk. And upon this, he said, drink some more milk. Then he took a pack of biscuits out of his pocket. And he said to Shah Saab, keep this in case you're hungry on the journey. 
Um, these were some special biscuits that this guy came from so far that these biscuits, if he keep eating them, they're not going to run out all the way to wherever he's going. So, so this is this is what I deduced from you know reading this you know reading this story. Um, but you know this is uh, has a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, you know I I read this website a little bit. Um, then there was this there was this portion about a previous Jalsa Salana. All of these are related to Jalsa Salana. Um, another people, a number of people came. They didn't have beds. Um, a man by the name of Nabi Baksh. You've heard of Nabi Baksh? Yeah. And what What's the story behind Nabi Baksh Sab? Uh, he was one of his assistants working around the house, um, okay. living in the house. Wasn't related, but he allowed him around all his women. Okay. Very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's you see a lot of that in this, and like, um, for the first Jalsa Salana, it says that the MGA didn't have enough money, so they sold his mother's jewelry, uh, Ammajans, and then what's it called? Um, so you know, he was sitting after Isha, he went to MGA and he saw him seated with his arms crossed and a thin cloth over himself. Uh, he said, you know, he talked to him and he's like, there's no beds, he's like, it's cold. Um, they don't have any bedding. What should we do? He's like, they can sleep with me. It's okay. No, no, that's not what he said. He said, the guest should not be given any disturbance. It doesn't matter about me. The night shall pass. So, you know, it's just, uh, you know, quite, quite, quite a hard push. There's a very interesting section on instant money where, you know, it's a little bit suspicious in my opinion, where it's like they didn't have enough money for the Jalsa Salana. They did the whole Jalsa Salana. And when it finishes, there's like a whole bunch of cash came. There's like money orders. And then like all, all the money came all of a sudden. And, and, and you know, to me, knowing what I know, um, that there was a lot of British support, immense amount of British support. Probably you told them what the budget was and they probably sent the money. <laughs> they probably sent the money. Totally. They were already uh, I'm not even taxing them. So it's like, and, and he was like a tax collector. So come on. <laughs> this is their guy, man. You know, you know what I mean? They're going to send him money, bro. Okay. So Jalsa Salana historically has been on the 27th of December. Yep. Right after Christmas. First right. question, why? Because everyone was off during Christmas break. So he's like, hey. In British India, the government has given everyone a week off for Christmas. Hey, let's make our own event. <laughs> Come on, man. And and his cousin in Kadian, he used to have something called Chura Mela. In Kadian, they used to have a, like a bazaar called Chura Mela. His cousin started his own religion too, uh, Amirza Imamadine. So uh, when you're the kings of the village, people will come sit around you and praise you all day, Right. So uh, anyone in the Mirza family was getting praised like that. So yeah, his cousin used to do it too. So I think he copied his cousin and uh, created what, this. Did his Mela. cousin come first? Yeah, his cousin was 1886. Oh, um, okay. And um, his cousin with the sweepers. But in Urdu, they call the sweepers something different, bro. It, it's like a really... Jamadar. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't remember. But sweepers... Like a bungee? A yeah, for some reason, it's escaping me. And maybe you said it, but chure, maybe the chure. Okay, I don't know. They call chure as also sweepers, but it's just the gypsies. If you're ever, ever in Pakistan, in Rabwa, they live all, everywhere in the streets. I used okay. to call them gypsies because they're not really any religion, but they'll come to your house and they'll they'll clean your house for like five rupees or something like that. Okay. But, so, yeah, he was with, with the sweepers of Qadian. And he had a following, and then all of a sudden, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed uh, did the same thing. Mm. 
And, okay. and remember, there's no jobs in British India, bro. So you're either a farmer breaking your back or social entrepreneurialism. Or you could work for the British. Or, yeah, you, you could be a teacher, a doctor, and you're working directly for them. So I see. So, yeah, so this, you know, so why? how come the American Jalsa Salana doesn't take place on the 27th? Oh, because uh, so now it's all over the world and they don't want it to collide with other ones. Right. I think they just had it in Ireland. So they'll pick it to where there's a Jalsa happening every month around the world now. Hmm. See what I mean, well, I, mean I, I understand that, but it seems as though, you know, it, it, you know, they're uh, reading their text, like obviously on their website, that those are the days which are Muqarrar, which are set aside for this. It's like saying, well, you know, I really wanted to go for Hajj, but there's something, a Zil Hajj program taking place. So I don't know which one to go to um, that, you know, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, you know, sort of said three days every year should be fixed. And in my opinion, these days should be from the 27th to the 30th. Yeah. Um, you know, so you no, sort of made... Remember, uh, 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 the next Khalifa, whatever a sitting Khalifa says is who, who they follow. They don't follow him. Oh, okay, okay. So, I, so I see what you're saying that. now. What does the... If the sitting Khalifa says that there can be another prophet, they'll yeah. believe it. If the sitting oh. Khalifa kicks everyone out who claims to be a prophet, then that's the policy. Okay, okay. Okay, so the next point is, it says right here, there's more to the annual convention, Jalsa Salana, that meets the eye. This convention was established by the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. I'm going to have to say that. The promised Messiah and Imam Mahdi. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad. <laughs> so he's, he's the founder the Prophet Messiah and the Imam Mahdi. Everything. Um, everything. <laughs> so, so the purpose is to increase one's communion with Allah Almighty. Okay. You know, I you know, we can be like, okay, that sounds good. Um, to pray for those brothers who have passed away. So I was reading it in detail, and it says, Yeah, you know, this is one of the main purposes that so we can make dua for everybody. Like, okay. Um, to meet new members and increase in brotherhood, okay. Um, to gain and increase in knowledge. Okay, so you know that's you know that's what it's looking like are the main reasons out there. But like you know the one the one where it's like praying for those who dis who passed away is like okay. It's like you know we should be praying for them all the time. I don't think one of the main main purposes of any convention should be to pray for all of them. Uh, right. You know it shouldn't be like a a cornerstone. It should be an understood. Right. So it was, you know, just reading some of these things, you're like, okay, I don't, I don't seem to understand what's really going on. What are they trying to establish? It's just, it, it, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, it seems like the plan for a small, a small religion, you know, like a family-based religion. And that's what it is. Yeah. It's a total brainwashing session. Uh, get some risk there. Give us more money. It, there, it could be a donation drive. It's a total trap. Okay. So do they have like a lot of vendors and stuff that come out to sell like, you know, their topis and stuff like that? Or what is that? Normally, they don't allow anyone to sell anything at any Jalsa. Really? So there's no convention? Like, I mean, not convention. There's no like... like so we have vendors looking. Yeah. At Juma, the masjid will say, hey, some, some Hilal joint wants to do a stand. The money, yeah. the money goes to the masjid. Or yeah. the masjid has got food. Buy yeah. the, of course, you're going to buy the food from the masjid. No, sir, not at all. Now, I, I think in recent years, they've been trying it, but they okay. they don't really like to do that. 
Okay. So so the food is already paid for. Uh, okay. Well, they have the longer kind of concept. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So there's there's no vendor ideology. Okay. So content. Okay, we're going to get into content. Content of the Jalsa, they have many, many, many speeches. They have other like side sessions and stuff like that. A few of the speeches I heard. What was the Baba's name? The Mirza Masroor's brother? Magfur. Magfur. He gave the speech. And his speech, one of the things which he emphasized was a majority of Qadiani Ahmadis are not praying. At the masjid or at all. At First all. of all, he said people are not praying. He's like, I'm not talking about it, the Jamaat Khanas. I'm talking about they're not praying at all. He's like, less than 15% of Ahmadis are praying at all. And oh. then he was talking about um, uh, Khuddams. Khuddam, yeah. Khuddams are not going to take care of their responsibilities and stuff like that. He was talking about that. And just like, he's like, you know, we're in disarray. Why are we in disarray? We need to get back onto the right path and stuff like that. Um, he, he was mentioning that. Um, and then there was other other speeches which we've discussed in previous podcast episodes. But like then there was the one guy. He looked like an African guy with a long beard and one of those the guy doesn't topi things. And he was giving a speech against the Lahoris. And you know it was just this one. And I was reading the message boards which you sent me some. And then I went on and found them myself. There was a lot of people who were complaining. And all of the Jalsa Salana videos on YouTube are no comment. You can't comment on them at all. All of them. I went through all of them trying to find them, and you can't comment on any of them. <laughs> hey, bro, it would be out of control if they allowed it. So, so that kind of bugged me, honestly. I'm like, I'm like, you know, Hajj, the Makkah, Haramain live. You can comment. Anybody, people say crap all the time. You can, you can ban them. So, yeah. you know, there's no commenting allowed on any of them. Um, and they had one like live stream where they do it for 10, 12 hours a day, whatever. Um, so. Other thing was, this is a tangent. I was watching the last Jummah Mirza Saab gave over there in uh, Tilford. Yeah. Um. So it says Tilford Islamabad. Yeah. Why? I don't know. They just named it Islamabad. <laughs> okay. Um. So um. So bro, they, bro, they built the minaret. In Qadiyan. Okay, so Mirza Ghulam Ahmed dies in 1908. In 1901, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed says, let's build a minaret to, okay. to fulfill the hadith of Damascus, right? Okay, the okay. The famous hadith that, that um, Isa will descend on the minaret. <laughs> so he says, well, oh, I didn't do that. First he, first, he was saying the hadith was faulty. Astaghfirullah. Then he says, let's just build one. So yeah. he collects money to build one. And then all the money goes missing. <laughs> so so when the second Khalifa is, is elected in 1914, he goes, he gets a minaret built. So brother, they'll they'll build it if they didn't do it. Well, well, one of the things which I was reading in the first Jalsa Salana that they had, the first guy was the one of their muftis or something. I guess they used to have muftis. He gave a speech and in a speech, he discussed the fact, uh, I, I don't, they, there's no transcript of the actual what he said. But about the death of Jesus. And, uh, you know, obviously they believe he died. So that was the first speech, obviously, setting setting their aqidah apart. So, you know, as Sunni Muslims, or as Muslims in general, even the Shias, we don't believe Isa salam died. So, you know, that, that goes off unto itself saying that, okay, you're not following the Sahih religion. And then, you know, obviously the whole thing of him going to Kashmir on a, you know, rendezvous, you know, that's that's not in line with the you know, religious beliefs, any of our religious beliefs. Um, so obviously, oh, not, even it's, close. not even close. So obviously this time, 
their their whole jalsa was very propaganda based um and one of the reasons was the audio release of nida um so so what uh we we discussed generally what kind of things they do but like from what you read on the boards being uh a previous, you know, previous Ahmadi, you probably heard from other people. You have access to other sources of, you know, I guess discussions. What what was being said about this year's Ahmadi Jalsa? The biggest theme was don't don't ask questions. We don't need you. We're cutting you off. Uh, we we cut off the dry branches. If your children have, sure, go away. Yeah, go away. Right. And no, my dad was doing it forty years ago. You know, he didn't need all these reminders. You yeah. know, some of the, the fair weather amnesties, they're the ones yeah. getting the reminders. My dad, I, remember, I started asking questions at 11, 12 years old, you know, uh, and, and it had to be allowed to put that in my heart to say something's wrong here. So um, that my, my dad was exactly doing that to me. He didn't care if I was a straight A student. He didn't care about any of that. To him, I was a dead rat. So, that, so that's how he treated me. So that was the overarching theme, obedience. And, and if you ask a question, and you get a response, that's it. They answered you. You should be quiet now. You're not allowed to ask questions. You know, you're a monophic. And monophics are like the worst type of human beings. Um, but they don't understand. They themselves are the monophic. You know, it's it's the monophic calling other people monophics. That's ironic. Um, Mirza Glam was a monophic. He said he planned his claims. He said as early as 1880, he knew he was going to claim to be uh, the second coming of Jesus, but he withheld it. He hid it because whatever. Then his claim to be a prophet. He withheld it for 20 years. For 20 years, he said he's not a prophet, but he knew he was. So the monophic is them. So it's very ironic when these people are calling him these monophics um, who are just asking questions. You know, I asked a question in their temple and they all jumped on me. And um, the word is always, if a Qadiyani Amdi asks a question, he's gone, bro. They're like, it's over. When when we get to a point where they're asking questions, it's too late. So mm. they do the brainwashing before the questions are asked. You see what I mean? Go to the Jalsa. Go to the Istama. Go here. Go there. Get all the training and you won't have any questions. So so that's, the, in my opinion, what I got out of it, the overarching theme. Um, and I always knew what it was. You know, but I married a Kadiani Amdi. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, you know, um, I wouldn't have went in so deep. You know, that that's where it happens is who do you marry? So I try to tell all the Muslim brothers, I know it's hard, but there's so many Muslim women out here, brother, uh, that people know, um, you know, and depending on who you are, you should pick someone based on that. So, you know, a college student is different. Than you know, someone who's later on in a career, or someone over fifty, or someone over sixty. These are all different scenarios, you know. Um, but uh, uh, so that's how they got me. I married one. I went to Rabwa, and it's like it's too late now. What are you going to do now? You know. And I tried to be quiet about it, you know. Um, but they knew I didn't believe it. So what did they do? They attacked me. They attacked my job, my marriage. They attacked every single part of me. And you know they didn't succeed, so that was the overarching theme, brother. I see. Just don't ask questions. They were very defensive this time, very defensive. Like I said, I watched a good bit of the speeches. Um, there was a lot of defense going on there. That you know, not defending the religion, 
defending the fact that don't listen to anything that's going on outside. Don't question anything. Don't bring up any questions. If somebody asks you a question, just, you know, move away. You know, that's sort it. of and, like that. And, and and remember, the imams in America can, like, at, at the regular Islamic centers, they can leave. They can move and say, peace, bro. I'm not, I'm not going to work here anymore. In the Amity movement, you're a Marabi, you better shut up and do what they say. Because they're going to embarrass you. They're going to try to embarrass you. They're going to take their what your wife and kids from you and make sure you can never see them again. Uh, um, that they're going to ruin your career to where you're going to be working at Burger King. Uh, they don't let their their uh, um, their Marubbis or Imams get a college education. So you don't have any of this. So where, where are you going to go? You know, if, if you're 30 something, almost 40 something, you have a family. You got to go say what they told you to say, bro. You see what I mean? It's not going to happen. There was one guy who quit. I, I grew up with him on the West Coast. His dad was a Murabi too. Uh, Zial Haq uh, Koser. Um, he saw the hypocrisy, but he became a Murabi. So the Khalifa got mad at him and wanted to send him to Africa, somewhere in Africa as a punishment. Oh, you're in America. You became a Murabi. You think you're hot? We're going to send you. You don't want to listen? We're going to send you to, to West Africa or somewhere and make you live in a hut. And, and do that job. And then the Marubbis who are good, we're going to have them come to America and the UK. And you see what I mean? If you're a Marubbi, you, you could be in the doghouse too. Oh, we'll send you to, to Pakistan, bro. You want to play? You know, so they're under extortion, brother. And I think there's about 300 of them in the world at this point. So they have 300 paid employees who are under extortion giving speeches doing whatever they say that's the story bro so so how many how many years does it take to become a murabi seven years oh really okay but check this out their guy in ireland noonan um have you come yeah, across yeah you told him? me about him yeah yeah didn't didn't even go and then he won't admit to it like bro just admit to it you know he 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 was rolling the r on in, in fatiha um yeah What's the last verse? Uh, oh, hold on. He was rolling that R. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were like, bro, this isn't Spanish. I see. <laughs> right? We're like, that's like, bro. <laughs> right? Yeah. right? So, uh, so I figured out you didn't go to Jamin. So it's like, you're not even qualified. But since he was an Irishman, a marketing thing, they grandfathered him in. Now, I don't think grandfathered any, him in. The grandfathered him in. Now, does any government care if the missionaries of the Amity movement are qualified? No, no. obviously not. No, they, I mean, uh, how does this even make any sense? <laughs> you know, they don't care. So, what's their seminary? It's a bunch of hogwash. You know, it's. I know a guy who was there who told me uh, there's a lot of gay stuff happening there in their hostel. Uh, I can't even say a lot of the things I've been told, but um, it's that type of environment for seven years. It used to be at Qadiyan. And from what I heard, the raping part is like, it's part of it. So mm -hmm. once they do that to you, what are you going to do, bro? It's too late. You're in now. Mm. You know, it's like a rite of passage. Uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the males has to violate you. And, and now once you're violated... You'll never be the same, bro. So, so one of the things which I was reading, um, that's you know very unfortunate to hear all of that, and and the thing about it is, Ahmadiyya is very controlled. It's a controlled movement. 
all the orders come from a certain place. Centralized. Centralized. Um, it has a chain of command and stuff like that. So it's not like it's, you know, very free form, like mainstream Islam. Right. But, you know, it's very controlled. So one of the things which I read on their website, um, which said that, uh, I'm at the, hold up, where is it? Uh, <clears throat> okay, it says, it should be noted that AMA UK is a separate and behaves separately from the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat International. Totally. It's under, yeah. Why? That's how they set up their, so if, if you sue the uh, Ahmadiyya movement in the UK, you're not suing AMJI. Okay. So they got 10 companies that could be independent, okay. really operated, and legally. <laughs> okay. So this is uh, their income sheet for the England. Um, I, I can you email me the the one you were talking about the Canadian the Jalsa sheet? Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta find it. Uh, you can email it at, uh, if you have it up. You can email it to the Straight Path Podcast at gmail.com. The email address is sent, and I'll show it up here in a minute. But like, okay, data for financial year ending June twenty one, uh, June thirtieth, twenty twenty one. Right. Um, total income. 26 million total expenditures, 18 million. So they had an 8 million surplus. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Yeah. Um, more more farmers than Masur's vacations. Um, so yep. donations. And, and, and like a third of that, they send to the AMJI. Now, the AM, once a charity gives another charity money, you could go throw it in the. I mean, no one. The, it's not regulated as what did you do with the money? You could spend it. You, you could say, I'm going to build a building in Africa in West yeah. Africa and pay a guy uh, under the table a hundred bucks and say, no, it costs 10,000. If you want to audit me, you know what I mean? Here's the paperwork. Okay. So AMA UK has 250 employees, almost 247, um, 37 trustees and 7,000 volunteers. So this is how I figured out the amount of amnes in the UK, the amount of volunteers. Uh, does everybody have to be a volunteer? Everyone is a volunteer. Everyone at a amni, uh, Amity Movement is a volunteer. So okay, so it says, it says employees with total benefits over sixty thousand. There's zero. No, 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 no. that's the pay. Uh, with total benefits over sixty thousand, there's no one making more than sixty thousand um, per year for this charity. How? Because so uh, the um, the Marubis, they only get about um, all their bills are paid. Their housing is paid. Oh, they get a food okay. Allowance. A gas allowance, it makes it cheaper. Okay, okay. So they get about a thousand a month. Uh, we used to call it wham, walk around money. <laughs> yeah, when I was in the military, we'd be like, you got that wham? You know what I mean? Um, mm. So they get walk around money. So, if, uh, um, brother, if someone pays all your bills, all your bills, and gives yeah. you a thousand on top of that, uh, people in America don't, don't save a hundred per month. Yeah. These guys are so so really they're making a lot of money. And that guy in um Ireland, Noonan, he wasn't able because he, he had children before he married the Amdi woman. He had children with a Sunni woman and he didn't pay child support, or his child support was like so minimal that they were upset. But he was like, Look, legally, I barely make any money. Mm. You okay. know, so so he found he found that loophole. And but that's how again, that's how they trap the Murubbis. And say mm. you're you're gonna do what we tell you to do. Mm, interesting. So now I'm gonna share from your blog. Um, 
Hold up, Chrome tab. Where is it? From Bashir's beautiful website. Um. So let's see here. In 2018, 21 million was collected. Wasiyat was the biggest category at 5.7 million. Chanda Am was 3 million, followed by the Mosque Fund at 2.7 million. Tahrike Jadid, Movement of Modernism? Uh, it's just a move. They say they're sending money to Africa. Okay. What do we know? And then there's Wakfi Jadid. Um, and what's it called? And then Gifts at 1.4 million. Thus, the Wasid business generates 25% of the collections of the money. And then you write down here, this proves that the Ahmadiyya movement spends lots on nonsense. They aren't helping the poor and use most of the money to pay their employees pennies and thus launder the money overseas. There it is. What does the charity do? Education, training, prevention of poverty, religious activities, um, so on and so forth. How does the charity help? Where does the charity operate England and the Wales? They registered in 88. Mm-hmm. Yep. And every 50 years, they'll make a new charity. You see what I mean? They'll, okay. they'll close. So where the Halifa lives in Tilford, Islamabad. Yeah. Yeah. So, so before we talk about that, where the Halifa lives, it's owned by a different charity altogether. That's smart. If that's smart. See, it's called the Mirza Sharif Ahmed Foundation. Here, let mm-hmm. me, let me send it to you. It, the only thing the Mirza Sharif Ahmed Foundation does, it holds the title to the property in Tilford where the Halifa lives. That's like a $30 million asset, 30 million pound asset. Uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? A shell company? A shell. Exactly. It's a shell. And I, I just sent it to you. Do they, the Mirza- do they, have, do they have money in... Uh... I, I remember I read something on your blog, something about them having ma- money in Panama. Panama, Switzerland, uh, any uh, offshore place where they could put their money to where it's not taxed, they're doing it. You know they're doing it. And we caught them in Panama um, with 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 funny names. We even found the Halifa's name, Mirza Masur Ahmed, on a bunch of companies. Um, <laughs> but since then, they turned all those companies off. And they've probably reset the whole thing. So remember, the, the take is 33% of Chanda, in my opinion, is the take. That goes to AMJI. And that's how they they wash it. But everything else is for day-to-day activities. I mean, what's going on day-to-day? I mean, aside from the dawa, I mean, there's, you know, uh, and I guess paying people. But, you know, there's not much, like, humanitarian efforts or anything going on. Yeah, <laughs> they're not really doing much. I mean, and one, I mean you, one you tried... thing that they'll do, they'll, they'll make a video and they'll make us take some photos, but really they didn't do nothing. I mean, you were trying to get the one uh, Atir, Atir Saab to come on, right? Murabi <laughs> Atir, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you shared the video, I think on TikTok of the Qadianis complaining in Qadian, they don't have bathrooms in the shop, so they just pee on the street. Yeah, man, it's pretty bad. They're not spending nothing. <laughs> but they rebuilt the uh, family, the, the uh, where 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 MGA used to live. They re they refurbished, rebuilt that entire thing. It had to have costed, oh, because because you know in India you you can get it done for cheap. But uh, they refurbished the whole thing, and and no one's even allowed in where MGA used to live. 
his temples. Um, so where, where are they spending this money at, man? But you can send money to India, a million, and it's gone, bro. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I'm looking at this, what you just sent me. Uh... Yeah, so so pull up the one you're about to pull up in Canada. Let's see how much the Moroccan... Uh, did, you, did you send me that? I thought you were about to pull it up. Uh, oh, no, I pulled up the wrong one then. Give me a second. I'm about to pull that one up. Yeah, I, oh, I, here. I just Okay, I see it. it. I see it. I just see it. I got to send it to myself. But, uh, yeah, why don't they take care of these poor people in Qadian? <laughs> they don't even care. Because, look, in Qadian, they know it's game over. The, like, like 90% of the city is Sikh and Hindu. So Really? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, ninety percent of the city is Sikh and Hindu. Oh, okay. So yeah. there's like how many how many Qadians do they have left there? I I'm uh, about three thousand, and it's dwindling. No, it's um, not too many because there's no jobs. I mean, what what are you gonna do in that? They don't manufacture. Um, there's just shops and farms, and maybe you could have a you know work at the hospital, maybe. Um, this. Is this the 990 return of organization exempt from income tax? Yeah. Okay. Course. Is that oh, is that the one you're saying to open up? Well, I I sent you on WhatsApp, not on uh, on. Email. Yeah, no, no, no. I forwarded it to myself. Yeah, in Canada, the Amnesty Movement forced to publish a balance sheet. Uh, pull that one up, and I'll, I'll tell you how much their Marubia's team is getting paid. Okay, or so. So remember, the food that's allocated, it it shows up differently on a balance sheet. Okay, you know, we're right uh, here. Yep, scroll down. You'll see expenses. I think there's another one that comes up first. Yep. Oh, right here. Okay, okay. So that's the assets. As you can see, they own um, how much in, in, in temples around in Canada? Was that 67 million? Yeah, 67 million. So they're, they're, they're worth about 100 million in Canada. That, they have mad. mission houses, which are 11 million. Right, that they're working on. Okay. Uh, undeveloped properties, right? Yeah. Um, okay, and then scroll down. But see, if the U.S. government uh, pulls your your tax free benefit, they'll impound all your properties. Yeah, it, it could be done overnight. So look at the expenses, management and professional fees. What is that, brother? Uh, how can four million? It's like what? What is oh, that? Oh, hold up. There's wages and benefits are separate. They, that's the highest amount. Three million on their rupees in, in <laughs> Canada. A lot of money. Rent rate and taxes, that's close to 2 million. Jalsa Salana, 1.37 million. Yep. Wow. Property expenses, 2 million. What does that even mean? <laughs> I mean, bank charges, 39,000. It's like, oh, the interest. <laughs> Computer audio video, 120,000. What the hell are they buying? They got so a bunch of drones? Can you find out? <laughs> So, so legally, they don't have to tell us. Legally, this vehicles and repairs—that looks like four hundred fifty thousand or four thirty-six. <laughs> it does. How could vehicles and repair bill be this so high, man? And traveling and meeting six hundred eighty thousand. There, there's the subsidies that they're the getting. Literature five hundred thousand. Who buys books these days? <laughs> Apparently, they need to teach them what up is one way or another. <laughs> They spend more on faxing, mail, and vehicle repair than it did on donating money. <laughs> and then look, okay, so they spent all this money. How many people converted? Like two. 
<laughs> like brother, how could you how could you flop so bad? You're sitting on a hundred million with, with with a cash flow of thirty million per year. And you got two converts. The women got more than the than the trained rubies. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're 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 obviously their method of uh, converting via marriage is working better than anything. I think they should uh, probably hire women murabis. Do they have those women murabis? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they don't. Maybe they should look into that. Um, yeah, I I saw the the IRS one. It doesn't look like they collect too much money in the U.S. Well, in the U.S., they don't have a they, they don't have to publish their balance fee. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's totally unknown. The, 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 there is like a charity watch or a charity navigator. A charity navigator, yeah, yeah. But they don't have the report. I think I've tried to get it, um, but it's probably the same. I as mean, Canada. I mean, most most major organizations, Muslim organizations, you you know, charity organizations like Ikna Relief, Islamic Relief, you know, the, like that, they will publish their reports so people will have confidence in them. And donate to them, right? Right. If you well, don't they, publish, these guys your... are, are, are only on private donation too. They don't take money from anywhere else because if they took money from the government, it did uh, that they be subject to an audit. Yeah. You don't want that. And look, there's a weird rule in America for nonprofit corporations: unless someone stole more than five hundred thousand, you don't even have to report it. And I, and I remember reading this like what? What is this? You know, they talk about abortion laws and all this. They got to tighten up the laws on nonprofits. <laughs> so, so I remember back when I was in accounting, um, there was this one in one of our courses, uh, income tax course I took with a very good professor. And one of the sections said that all income must be declared even if it comes from illegal sources. I'm like, like, why would anybody declare their income from an illegal source? I'm thinking of myself like, okay, how much sense does this make? Who's going to declare their illegal money? So obviously, if, if money is being funneled down to this country, um, to them, if it is, if it needs to be, they're not going to report that. There's, there's right. no reason to. Right. But you know, that's how they famously got uh, Al Capone, right? For this illegal money? For tax evasion. They, they were mm. like, you made hundred thousand dollars illegally you didn't pay tax so that's how he went to jail <laughs> oh dang <laughs> so so they couldn't prove how he made it they, they couldn't prove where he got it from they were like okay it doesn't matter if you make if you had this money you still got to pay income tax on it we proved you had it go to jail and that's the only way they got it. wow so if the government wants to get you bro they will get you oh. now do you think the u.s government wants to get the Amity Movement? No, they have a caucus in 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 the U.S. Congress that that is is um got uh, Democrats and Republicans on the Amity Congress caucus. They're um they're working with USERF. They're working with uh, uh, UNHCR refugees. They got guys coming in and out of there. Uh, they got a Harvard lawyer named uh, Umjad Khan who's brown nosing all of them and everyone in the U.K. They're not going after them. How about how about your boy, QR? Gossamer. So here's the thing: they got him uh, trying to be a senator or a congressman, and it's not working. You know, mm -hmm. and and it's hilarious. He lives in a Republican-dominated area. It's like you're an idiot. Why would you live there if you're go trying to be a politician? They're, they're never going to elect a Democrat, anyways. Mm -hmm. So you should move into an area, you know, or or maybe he saw it as he'll flip the district. 
You know what where, I mean? Where does he live? In Virginia, in the first okay. district of Virginia. Oh, okay. And he's going for, for Senate again. You know, but it's a Republican. Like, they haven't lost a seat in 25 years. Oh, okay. So I mean, of all, people, of all people, he's probably not going to flip it because he can't even get the Muslim vote. He can't even get this. So why? So so then, um, uh, um, what was I going to say? Um, so on top of that, um, his uh, oh man, I, I sort of lost my train of thought. But uh, well, what, what was I going to say? He's trying hard. Okay, so he's not even a lawyer. I remember. No, he's, he's not, not a lawyer. because someone did an investigation on him. They're like, he hasn't practiced law in three, four years. And okay. when you're a lawyer, you got to keep it up. Or you're, you lose your certifications or qualifications, like you gotta um, go to a conference or something, right, to keep up your qualification. And he was an immigration lawyer. On top of that, so who was he even helping? Just the Amity of Movement. So it's all dubious. Who's paying his bills? You know, and and you know his sister uh, married a Muslim boy and left Amadia. No, I didn't How know that. that. Yeah, bro, the brother Muzzy Buzz. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. Oh Muzzy yeah, Buzz. I saw his channel. Yeah. Yeah, I did an interview on that. He said he grew up with him. I was like, mm. what? He said, yeah, I grew up in Chicago, and I knew him. And his mm. sister, alhamdulillah, became a Muslim. <laughs> alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So, Brother Bashir, it's been, you know, wonderful conversations. Um, lots and lots of knowledge um, for myself and for other people. They've appreciated the podcast a lot. Um, and, and I really appreciate your time. You know, you're giving out time. Um, I, I know you're not, you know, teaching anything but you could be doing many other things right now so i really appreciate your time um and i really appreciate all the knowledge the honesty and you know obviously you put in a lot of work on your ahmadiyya fact check blog may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for all of your efforts and may continue to reward you and may he grant you your family hidayah and may he bring your family back to actual islam inshallah um because we always we always pray as muslims for the best for everybody um, regardless of who they are, where they come from, we always, you know, hold out hope that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives hidayah. He can possibly give them hidayah. And, you know, maybe tomorrow they die better Muslims than we are. Um, so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of your efforts. But inshallah, we'll continue to collaborate. There's a few things I told you, inshallah, over the course of this week, I'll help you out with those things as well. Um, but I really appreciate it. Are there any any parting thoughts for us? No, brother, no parting thoughts. Just be very careful of the Amadia movement and their propaganda. They've been doing it for a long time. Um, they've manipulated so many people. Um, just be very careful. And I could use the help on Twitter. Uh, you know, a, a, a lot of ex-Amadies I meet aren't really fast on Twitter. Uh, yeah. But I work with as many people as possible, e even people whom I might disagree with. I, yeah. I try to work with everyone, brother. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, try to give them the facts about Amadeus as straight as possible and in, in the shortest amount of time. So uh, just pray for me and um, pray for my family and uh, everything else should be good. Inshallah, inshallah. Jazakallah khair for your time. Inshallah, we'll catch up and uh, keep in touch and remember us in your du'as, inshallah. Salam alaikum, brother. Salam alaikum, brother.